There's one thing about finishing up this series is I don't have to watch that video anymore. <laughs> Woo! Kids, you can come with Miss Christina. You glad to be here this morning? I'm going to try to do this without water. If I got a call for you, Lincoln, I may have to have you bring that water. I'm going to try to make it through two services today with this voice that I've got. Look to the person next to you and say, I'm sure glad you're not sick. <laughs> Some of you may not have told the truth, but that's okay. <clears throat> I'll sit at a distance from you today. Listen, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 with me this morning, and while you're doing that, let me just make a couple of, a couple of, uh, of uh, statements on top of what Hooks has already said. You, know, you, never, you, never can, you don't ever know if you can believe what he's saying or not, can you? I mean, baby back ribs every time he gets up here, Piccadilly, all these other things, but anyway. Um, so, so thankful for, for you guys and what you did and last Sunday afternoon, the time of getting together. Thank you for all of you that, that made sure we had enough hot dogs uh, to serve. I wasn't able to be there. Uh, I've been down and out the past week and a half or so, but, but I heard it was an incredible time. And thank you for all of you who volunteered to make that happen. Uh, I want to bring you up to date on a couple of things. Number one, men's retreat. Make sure you put it on your calendar, February 2nd and 3rd. It's coming up. Men will let you more, no more a little bit later. Save the date. Just make sure you put that on your calendar. Dr. Eddie Leopard, uh, Chrissy Hux's father, will be back with us. He was with us Labor Day weekend, and we enjoyed Eddie so much that we asked him if he would come back and be with us for our men's retreat this year. Ladies, if you'll go ahead and mark your calendars as well as save the date for March the 1st and the 2nd, we'll be giving you more information about how to make reservations for that. And, and then let's go back and can we talk about Christmas just for a second? Can we talk about Christmas just for a second? Okay. So we've tried to figure out how, how do we gather as a church family uh, for Christmas Eve. You know it's impossible for us to gather everybody during Christmas Eve. It's just impossible. So we have to have multiple services. So what we're going to do this year is we're going to have two services on Saturday, which is the 23rd, and we're going to have two services on Sunday afternoon. We're going to do both of them, one at 3, 3, 30, 3 o'clock, Brian. What time is it, 3 o'clock and 5? 3.30 and 5. So we've tried to add enough space in there. Plus, we've left space so that we could also add additional services. But this is what we're going to do differently, and I'm going to ask you to do this with us. When, we, when the time comes, I'm just letting you know in advance. What we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to make reservations this year. So we're going to have uh, so many spots that are open for each service, and we're going to leave a few spots for visitors who don't know. Um, but we're going to be giving you guys more information about that. But we'll be having services, two services, at least two services on Saturday the 23rd and at least two services on, on Sunday the 24th. Okay? Is that okay? So the only thing we're going to ask you guys to do, because it's an opportunity for you to bring your, uh, bring your neighbors, friends, guests, family who may not have a church family, may be in visiting from out of town. It's a way for us to make sure that we, we leave enough space for everybody. And this is the way that you can help us. And so we're trying to do the best that we can to accommodate the numbers. And um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, let me just say this. The devil does not want this service this morning to take place. 
He does not want this. He does not want us to finish up breathing room in this way that we're going to end it up today because what we're going to do is we're going to go back and I'm going to see if I can bring out a principle, a helpful principle from God's word as it relates to relationships. And I am so, I, I was sitting thinking this morning, early, early this morning, the devil does not want this to go on today because what happens today has the ability to be life-changing. If you'll listen and you'll take what God's word has to say and you'll seek to apply it, I promise you it's life-changing. Do you hear what I'm telling you? But so many times we want to hear what God's word says and we want to walk out the door and just smile and say, every life is good and everything's okay. But today has the ability to be life-changing for those, that are will- those of us that are willing to listen, to hear, and to apply. Because if there's anything, anything that robs us from peace and rest in our lives in this world today, it's fractured and broken relationships. Amen? I would assume that most of us in this room at some point has been hurt by somebody. Anybody never been hurt by anybody, never been wrong, never, never been taken advantage of? Is anybody in here in that does not? I would assume that most of us in this room fit into that description. Or <laughs> if not, let me just say this right here. Maybe again, you're not the, maybe you're not the one that's hurting. Maybe you're the one that's been, maybe the one, you're the one that's hurt someone. Maybe you're the one that's caused the chaos. Maybe you're the one that's caused the suffering. Maybe you're the, the one that's caused the pain. You're the one that's blown it. And as we finish up our time today talking in reference to this, this, this series that we've been in on breathing room, I want you to consider the question, and here's the question. How do I reconcile a relationship? How do I reconcile a relationship with someone that, that I might be struggling with or tempted to write off. Let me say that again. How do I reconcile a relationship with someone that I might be struggling with or tempted to write off? Because the natural man says, forget you. The natural man doesn't lean into it. The natural man leans away. The, the natural man says, Mm-mm, I'm not going there anymore. I don't want to do that. And so what I'd like to do today as we begin, because at the end, there is going to be a response time. I'm just telling you, this is a response time. There's, there's, I'm going to invite you today at the end of our time to respond to what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying and what God's word has to say. Is, is that okay? This is very important. I'm telling you, this is life-changing. This is why I was thinking this morning, I said, God, I, there's some people that need to hear this. It has the ability to be life-changing and alter the direction of not only your life, but your family's lives and those people around you if we'll receive it today. And so I just want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads with me as we get ready and then we're going to get into to our time. Lord, today I'm just praying that the Spirit of God would fall in this place. We've sang about your word But the reality is so many times it's hard for us to believe what the Word has to say and to hold on to it. And today, Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us courage today to say yes, to say yes to what the Holy Spirit may be speaking to us. To have courage and boldness to say, Jesus, I'm in, whatever it may be. And so, Lord, 
Would your spirit fall in this place and may our, may our eyes see, our ears hear, and our hearts receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Let's begin there today. Let's remind ourselves of Paul is writing to. He's writing to the believers in Corinth, those who were professing believers. And this is what he says there in chapter 5, verse 14. Um, if you don't have your Bible with you, I hope you, you can open it up on your phone or your digital device so you can read the words. But this is what Paul would say. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Some of your translations may say Christ's love constrains us or compels us. But what Paul is saying is that there is a reason that we can't say, I don't care. There's a reason that we can't just lean away. There's a reason that we can't just walk away from relationships. It's because of Christ's love for us, not because of our love for Christ. See, what Christ's love does for us is it limits our options. It defines our actions that we can care because he first cared for us. And then Paul went on to write, since we believe that Christ died for all, well, who in the world is all? That's you. That's me. That's us. That's for all of us. Look to the person next to you and say, did you know that Christ died for us? Do that. Christ died for us. Since we believe that Christ first died for us, we believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life, remember he's talking about believers, this new life will no longer live for themselves. So when you come to receive Christ, you don't live for yourself. You're living for something bigger. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. I don't know if I can make it any simpler than this, but when you chose, for those of us that are believers in this room, when you chose to receive Christ, there was a transaction that took place. There was something that took place. There was an exchange. My life is no longer my own, but it's Christ. The decisions I make now are no longer because of popular opinion. They're no longer because it's just the way I feel. It's not because of what culture might have to say. It's not because of me, but because of Christ in me. I can live for Christ. You know what Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul would write it this way when speaking to the church at Ephesus. He would say, so throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. That old person, you know, get rid of it. Take it off. He said, instead, let the Spirit of God renew, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature, clothe yourself in that new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, I don't know if you know this, but living for Jesus is never, it's not always popular. And it's not always convenient. Especially when you deal with the issue of forgiveness and forgiving someone who has hurt you or wronged you. For, forgiving isn't natural. Retribution is natural. Paying others back is natural. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is natural. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You wrong me, I'm going to wrong you. But Paul says here, when, as a Christ follower, it's the love of Christ that compels us, that constrains us to set aside what I want for what Christ wants. Are you with me? That's, are you with me? In other words, this issue of forgiveness isn't because it's something necessarily that my, me in the flesh wants, but it's because of what Christ has done for me. 
to set aside my desire instead of instead just Lord I'm going to set aside what I want what I'm feeling at this moment what might seem right at this moment and I'm going to choose to lay aside what I want for you I want you to skip down to verse 18 with me and all of this and all of this he's referring back to verse 17 when he talks about the new person in Christ that any man in Christ, those of you that are men in the discipleship group, if you don't know this, hopefully you will when we get to that place. But any man in Christ is a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. Amen? In Christ, we're a new creature. We're a new person. And he says all of this, 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 this new nature, it's a gift from God who brought us back, or that word reconciled is a spiritual world. It's a biblical word. Uh, who reconciled, who brought us back to himself through Christ. The word reconcile means to take two things that are incompatible and make them compatible. See, our, our relationship um, with God, wasn't, it was broken because of our sin, not because of his sin, but our relationship with God was broken because of our sin. We were made incompatible. The, the relationship was broken, but Christ died to reconcile us, to, to bring us back together, to, re, to remove the barriers. And we're at odds with, with, with God because of our sin. We're at odds with Christ because of our sin. And he did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. He made us right with him through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he did. He's the one who took the initiative. He's the one who opened up the door so that we could be made right with him. Listen, listen at this. He's the one who took the responsibility, even though it was our sin that messed everything up to begin with. Are you with me? You listen closely today. Even though we were the ones that were guilty, God is the one who pursued reconciliation with us. And the only thing that keeps us from being reconciled to God is ourselves. Is ourselves. When God looked down and he saw our struggle, he just didn't, he just didn't walk away and choose to, but he, he just didn't walk away and say, forget them. Look at what they did. Look at how they treated me. That's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. He took the responsibility. He's the one in our struggle, that he chose to remove, he chose to remove every obstacle so that we would have the opportunity to turn to him. He's the one who initiated the relationship. He's the one that said, I will bear the burden. He's the one that said, I will remove the barriers. He's the one that left the door open. Yet how many times do we close that door on other people that have wronged us? Are you with me? Hmm. Think back in your past, how you've responded in, in the past to past hurt and pain when somebody has done you wrong. I mean, how many of us wait for other people to come to us? How many of us wait for other people to come and apologize? How many of us wait on other people to initiate the conversation for them to be, be the ones that take the first step? And here's Paul saying that even though we were the ones that messed it all up, that we were the ones in sin, Christ is the one who took that first step. And it's quiet in here today. This is life-changing. This is a principle that's life-changing when we are willing to apply it and to hear what God's Word says and apply it to our, to our lives. But that wasn't all. 
Look at what he goes on to say at the end of verse 18. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Some translation says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, as believers, our life is to exemplify the message. Hey, do you know what Jesus has done for me? Do you know that you too can be reconciled to God? Mm. See, I am living proof that there is hope regardless of what anybody else says. Do you have anybody in your life that you go, there's just no hope? Have you ever met somebody, maybe it's a family member, there's just no hope. Maybe it's a friend, there's just no hope, there's no use. But that should be our passion as believers, our goal as a child of the king, to live in such a way that we lead others to know that there is hope, that they can come to know Christ and follow him. We just have to be willing and available to be a messenger. And he goes on in verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to the to himself and get a load of this, no longer counting people's sins against them. That in our relationship with God, he doesn't count our sins of the past. He doesn't count our sins of the present or sins of the future against us. And that my reconciliation with God isn't because I do everything right, but my reconciliation with God isn't because of me, but it's in spite of me. Are you hanging on? God is the one who took that initiative. He is the one who bore that burden. He is the one who removed the barriers and leaves the door open. And then look at what he goes on to say in verse 19. And he gave us, the believers, us, this wonderful message of reconciliation. You know, it's, easier to sh- it's easy to share a message when you've experienced it, right? It is. It's easy to share in something that you have experienced. And he said, and he's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we as believers can be, and Christ ambassadors, his representatives, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's one of the reasons that every Sunday, most of the time, I say most of the time, when you walk out these doors, I want you to be reminded of who you are. That you're Christ ambassadors. You're not just believers running around out there, but you're a believer with a message. You're, you're a believer with a message that God has given because you've experienced it. And because you've experienced freeness and freedom in life because of what Christ has done, you have the ability to go share that message with other people. You are Christ ambassadors, not just saved so that we can do good church on Sunday mornings. We can have good music on Sunday mornings. Man, we can go serve in the, beyond the walls, or we can go do the mobile dental clinic, or we can serve in our community in, 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 in that way. But we are Christ ambassadors. We are his representatives to the world so that others will come to know and hear about the message of reconciliation and what Christ has done for us. Amen. And yet how many times, instead of leaning in, we lean away. And yet how many times, instead of offering that hope, we say there's no hope. It was what Jesus told his disciples when they were getting ready, when he was getting ready to leave. He said, look, I want you to take this message and I want you to take it. He told his disciples, and I want you to go to all the nations and I want this message to be something that's on your tongue. I want you to teach them what I taught you. I want you to baptize them. I want you to preach the word, and I want you to remember that as you go, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. 
I want you to take this message of reconciliation, God's reconciliation to the world so that those that might hear may know that there's hope, that we can be made right with God. Not because we do everything right, but in spite of the fact that we do everything right. But we have a message because of what Christ has done for us. Not because of our initiative, but because of his initiative. And as Christ ambassador, it's really important that we be careful. Listen, as an ambassador for the Lord, as a mouthpiece for the Lord, it's very important that we are very, very careful because in an ambassador, we can lead others to believe that we can be reconciled to God in spite of our sin, but not me. I mean, we can be reconciled to God. Yeah, you can be reconciled to God because of your sin in spite of, but not me. See, my standards are a little bit higher. Don't you know what you did to me? Don't you know how you treated me? And what kind of message does that send? When we refuse to offer forgiveness to others, what we're saying is that our standard is higher than God's standard. And though even though Christ doesn't give up on us, our Heavenly Father hasn't given up on us, how many times have we given up on other people? Listen, I understand the complications and I understand the barriers. I understand, I understand the, the conversations that will be had, but, but um, the, the barriers to reconciliation. But pastor, you just don't understand. See, you don't know what they did. You don't understand how bad they hurt me. Since when did reconciliation, when, when, did it, when did it have to do with working out all the details? Since when was reconciliation about making sense of the offenses? That's not reconciliation. See, reconciliation is a step towards another person when it's not all worked out, when it doesn't make sense, when we don't know the end of the story, when justice may not prevail. Reconciliation isn't about the past. Reconciliation is about the future. Amen? Man, y'all are doggone quiet today. Why are you so quiet for? Or what about the fear? You know, if the, the fear being, um, if, if I happen to forgive and I happen to seek to reconcile, if I happen to seek to initiate this, this, these steps that you're talking about, Pastor, then what other people are going to think is that I condone their actions and what they did. When we seek to reconcile others, others might think that I approve of what they did. And if that's you, let me just tell you, you're in good company because Jesus was accused of that all the time. All the time. Jesus didn't wait on somebody to come to him, but how many times do we see him approaching people who were still living in sin? And Jesus' approach to them wasn't because he condoned what they were doing, but he approached them because he loved them and because of hope. And thirdly, I'm, maybe some of you experienced this. I know it's easy to feel this way. I've thought this way. I've thought this way, but it's wrong. Why try? Why try? It's no use. Nothing will ever change. Why go out of my way and waste my time and resources because nothing will ever change? Maybe you felt that way before. 
But even though it may not work in reference to reconciliation towards that person, let me tell you what, it'll have an impact in your life because anytime you obey what the scriptures have, it leads to spiritual growth. See, obedience leads to growth. When you open yourself up and you seek to move towards another person, it may not get an immediate response from the other person. I mean, but I will say this right here, prayerfully down the line, one day you'll be able to look back and you'll see how God used it in your life for spiritual growth and help you keep hope alive. Because when we obey, we grow. And you grow, you can't always see. Sometimes I'll go out to the garden and I'll plant something, you know, and I'll be looking. I want to see, I can't see it. I'll go out and look again and I can't see it. I'll go out the next day and I can't see it. Then all of a sudden, something sprouts. And I go, oh, look at it. And for two or three days, it'll seem like, well, it's not done anything else since that time. But over a period of time, I can look back And I can see it. You know, it's the same thing in our lives. We can't always see the growth that's taking place when we're obedient immediately. But if you look back one day, hopefully and prayerfully, you'll see how growth took place. We live as Christ. When we live as Christ would have us to live, reconciliation works. It may not necessarily be in the life of the other person because you can't control them. But what you can control is this. Amen? It's not so much reconciliation isn't so much about the other person as it is ourselves. We'll have those times when you're tempted to walk away. We'll have those times when we're tempted to be able to shut the door and cut people off. You're going to feel that way. It may be a family member. It may be somebody else that's close to you. It may be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. It could be for a bunch of different reasons. But as a Christ follower, we should sense the need to reach out and to lean into instead of shutting other people off. Because isn't that the same thing that Christ did for us? That should be, that's an amen time. That's an amen time. See, Bert, aren't you glad that God didn't shut the door on you after time and time and time again? You just said, forget you, God. So if there's anybody that should understand the message of reconciliation, it's you, Bert. If there's anybody in this room that should understand the message of reconciliation, it's those of us in here that have received Christ's love that have experienced Christ's love. And why would you not want to give that away to someone who was struggling? Why would, you not want to, why would you not want to leave the door open in hopes that they would turn and see where they, the direction that they were headed? The truth is, for the Christ follower, giving up or running away really isn't an option. And you know why? Because exactly what we read up front. Because Christ's love controls us. Not because it's deserved, not because it's deserved, but we are prompted because of Christ's love. And because of that, we should seek reconciliation, to reconcile. So how do we create space? How do we create those environments that we do everything possible to leave the door open so that reconciliation just isn't an afterthought, but it's our intent as a church family? How do we do that as individuals? That we're, we, don't, we don't have a tendency to want to walk away, but we have a tendency to want to press in because we understand what Christ has done. How do we not just act passively, but how do we take the initiative? How do we accept the responsibility? How do we remove as many barriers as possible while leaving the door open? Because you, we, are Christ ambassadors. 
Look to the person next to you and say, I'm, I'm an ambassador for Jesus. You're an ambassador for Jesus. As a Christ follower, as someone who says that I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ, I've received Christ's love, you are an ambassador for Jesus. God has given you the message of reconciliation so that others could have hope. And as we finish up the series today, man, I'm fixing to invite you to do something that's, that's really hard. This is hard. Look to the person next and say, this is going to be hard. I had to have you do that so I got a drink of water and you wouldn't notice me. <laughs> this is going to be hard. But I want to invite you today to respond to God's word, not just to hear it. Today, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to respond to God's word in just a second. Maybe you're here and you're li- or maybe you're listening online today. And you've got somebody, or maybe it's not just a person, maybe it's several people in your life where Maybe it's an acquaintance, could be a family member, I don't really know, but the thought the behind, when you, when you hear their name, it's like, Ugh. you know, I used to care, I don't really care anymore. I'm tired of being hurt. I, I'm tired of feeling like I'm the one that's being always taking advantage. I'm tired of trying. And honestly, there's some of you that may not even want to go and even think about this because the pain is so fresh. But today, as I've been talking, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe there's a name or two that's come up to you. It wouldn't surprise me if, if, there's, if there's somebody that the Holy Spirit has already placed in your mind as we've talked about God's word and we've talked about God's truth. And as a Christ follower, you already know what you need to do in your wrestling. I'm not as much worried about the wrestling as when you're not wrestling. Does that make sense? I understand the wrestling. I understand the tension. Where I would get concerned is when there is no tension. Then I would have to say, you better go back and check yourself. But as a Christ follower, you know what you need to do and you're wrestling on what to do and taking that next step. But instead of cutting someone off or walking away, I'm going to challenge you today to do something that's really difficult. I'm going to challenge you to press in and to leave the door open because it would be really easy to hear what I've said and to read these words that we find in the scripture and to walk out and to do nothing. God forbid. God forbid. But today I'm going to invite you to respond. I'm going to call call you to action. When I ask you, is there something that you need to do as a response about what, in reference to what you've heard today? So today, if you know that there's a door that needs to be left open, that would prayerfully lead towards reconciliation, I'm going to challenge you to take a step. I'm going to challenge you to do something that's really uncomfortable. And even though you may not see the significance of of being obedient at this moment, I'm just gonna ask you to trust me and to trust the Spirit. Because it may not be as much about the other person as it may be about you. Because like I said earlier, obedience leads to growth. And as we finish up this series on breathing room, there is nothing that creates more breathing room than good relationships. 
nothing. And so I'm going to, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to, to do something. If you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit, if you feel that the tug of the Holy Spirit saying, leave the door open, I want you to trust me. Don't give up. But what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. If that's you, in just a minute, not now, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand, and you standing is going to say, there's somebody in my life that I've been made aware of this morning that I need to leave the door open for, that I need to, to be the initiator, that I need to carry the message of reconciliation. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a second. You're going to say, well, what about the, you know, Pastor, I don't have anybody in my life. I've got something for you too. I do. I really do. I've got something that I'm going to ask you to do. Because when people stand, there's something that we're going to do. We're, 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 <laughs> we're going to clap for them. And you say, that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. No. Well, it's not dumb. Because you, you want to applaud and you want to celebrate courage, don't you? Don't, don't we want to celebrate obedience? Teenagers, listen. I, I, you know, I see Brady up here shaking his head. Listen, teenagers, this is, this is for you too. Because if there's anybody that experiences broken relationships, you just don't figure out how to work it as adults. You just carry it into adulthood. Teenagers, you struggle with us all the time. I'm just done with you. I'm not going to mess with you no more. This is for all of us in this room. That we would understand that it's Christ's love that compels us. That I'm not going to shut the door because Christ didn't shut the door on me. But I'm going to leave the door open. Because I know what Christ has done. Aren't you so thankful that Christ didn't shut the door on us? And so, I'm just telling you. Don't stand because you've got an outcome that's in your mind of the way it's going to happen. Because it probably is not going to happen the way that you want it to happen. Don't you stand. But I'm not asking you to stand with a specific outcome in mind. I'm asking you to stand out of a moment of obedience saying, Jesus, I want to leave the door open. I want to leave the door open. Because I understand the importance of God's grace and his mercy. Because it's the same thing that God offers us freely. Not because we deserve it, but in spite of what we deserve because it's Christ's love that compels us. So if you're here today, if you're here today and you've got a relationship that you know that the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you, there's a name that's already maybe come to mind. There's a relationship that you know that there's something that you need to do. I just want you to stand. Stand right now. Stand. Those of us, there's a relationship. I want you to turn the lights on for me so I can see. I want to be able to see every person. There's a relationship in my life. It may be a family member. It may be a friend. It may be a coworker. There's a relationship that I need to keep the door open because that's exactly what Christ did for us. I want you to look at the number of people that have been honest today that have said, there's a relationship that I need to leave the door open with. I thank you for your honesty today. And listen, there may be some of you that are seated right now that, that you need to stand. It's okay to continue to stand. Is there anyone else? Anyone else in this room that would say, there's a relationship that I need to leave the door open, that I need to pursue 
then I need to take the initiative. Anyone else? Because I want to pray with you. And I want to pray over you because this is a big deal. Because listen, this is life changing. When we begin to take God's word and we begin to apply it to our lives and we begin to live in such a way that we understand what Christ has done for us and we want to give that away, it is life changing. Amen? For those of you that are standing, man, I am so thankful for you. Today has to be, has to be it, it can be such a momentous time in your life. And one day I pray that you'll look back and go, look at what God did. See, how many times in my life has there been a door I've wanted to shut? How many times have I wanted to look at somebody and go, man, forget you. I don't want anything else to do with you. But over time and over years and over study and over, listen, conviction, I've learned to leave the door open because I've seen what God's done. And sometimes it's not been three months and sometimes it's not been a year. Sometimes it's been five and six and 10 years. And I've seen God work. But it wasn't so much about what was going on in their life. It was about me and what God was doing in me. Because not me, but Christ in me. If you're, if you're, if you're seated by one of these that are standing, and you, or you see somebody standing that you have a relationship with this morning, that you're close with, or maybe you're just standing close, I'm just going to ask you if you'd like to just get up and just put your hand on their shoulders just as a sign of support. I, I want to pray over us today as we begin to close out this time. pray with me today. Father, <clears throat> thank you for the boldness and the courage of every person that is standing in this room today. Father, for these that have stood saying that I want to leave the door open, that I've heard the Spirit this morning, that even though I might not be able to work it all out, Lord, what I'm doing is I'm giving space. I'm creating space for you to work. Father, that I will continue to pursue others just as you have pursued me. Thank you for reconciling me to you through your son and what he did on the cross. Lord, thank you for not running from me. And I don't want to run from, from others anymore. Father, I want them to see the love of Jesus in me. I want them to experience what I've experienced in my relationship with you. Help us to see the important part that we play as your messengers and your ambassadors on this earth as your representative. Give us a heart that cares for others as you've cared for me. And Father, help us not to create in our minds this, these thoughts of what we anticipate will take place. Help us just to focus on our obedience, our obedience in listening to your voice. Father, thank you for never closing the door on us. Give every person that's standing here the wisdom and the strength to do what we've just heard. Father, do a work in us as we seek to be a sincere follower of our Savior and as we seek to reconcile others who have a tendency, that we have a tendency to want to write off. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If everybody would stand just for a second, and then I'm going to close with this right here, and then we're going to be out of here. And Brian, I don't know if there's just a little chorus we can sing. I know this is off the cuff. I don't know what kind of course it is that maybe Shane might be able to play. But see, there's some of you that this doesn't make any sense because 
you've maybe never been reconciled to God because you've never come to trust Jesus. Are you with me? You can't be reconciled to God until, until you say yes. I, recon, I, I recognize that I'm a sinner and that my, my sin has separated me from God. But Jesus died on that cross so that I could have a relationship with God. And if that's you today and you've never trusted Jesus, what is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? See, you don't have to pray a prayer with me right there where you're standing today. You have the ability. You have the ability to say, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I know that I need Jesus. I recognize what Christ did for me. And today, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. And right there where you are, you can make that decision today. Don't you dare leave this place without crying out to him. And I'm going to be up here. I've got a little bit of voice. And I'd love to be able to talk to you about Jesus and what Jesus has done. I'm going to ask Brian if he'd stay up here as well. But doesn't this bring about the thought of the responsibility that we have to this world as we walk out those doors to do a whole lot more than just come back next Sunday or Wednesday? Can you see it? Can you see that that ministry of reconciliation, that we're an ambassador, that there's a huge weight that we carry of an opportunity of being the hands and feet for Jesus, not just serving them, but speaking the truth of what the scripture has to say, that we can be a part of reconciling and joining God in what he's doing so that others can have hope in Christ. The only thing we can do is give it. We can only pass it. We can't make them receive it. We can only give it away. But if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, you come see me. Listen, I'd love to get some text from you or some emails or something. Pastor Sid, this is, this is what God's doing in my life. This is the relationship that I'm having to deal with. This is the thing that I'm having to, to walk through right now. And would you pray for me? And I promise you, I will pass this to the overseers and staff and we'll pray over you. This is important because this is a big deal. It's a big deal. And when we not just hear and we begin to obey, growth takes place. Father, I'm just thankful for the, the privilege of being in here to this, in this room today and speaking your word. Thank you that you have kept my voice very clear this morning. Um, I believe that this is a message that needs to be heard. Father, would you uh, allow us to understand the amount of, of just breathing room that is created when we're not carrying around the weight of broken relationships and fractured relationships, but we're leaving the door open for you to work not feeling as if we're the one responsible or just the messenger and the ambassador. For the person that may have made a decision today, Lord, would they come today boldly just as those stood earlier to say, I made a decision to trust Jesus today. As we walk out these doors, help us to understand the responsibility of being the ambassadors for Jesus that you've called us to be. May this world be a different place because we've chosen to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray.